On today's show, where have the Mavericks been better than we expected? Where have they been worse than expected? And what do they need to get better at? We'll talk about all that and more on today's Locked on Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked on Mavericks. I don't believe you shouldn't be here. Loyalty never fades away. Welcome, you are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Eggstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for being part of the show, making Locked On Mavs your first listen today, where the best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day, leave a five-star review, send me your Spotify rap, and comment anything below. Let me know one thing that the Mavericks are better or worse than you expected this season. Just let me know. Curious about that. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use the code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase. And joining me from Valley Sports Southwest, what you got for me, Dana Larson? Hey, I've missed you. I've missed you guys. Um, My voice is back. back. Thank you. I'm so happy about that. Got through Thanksgiving. I saw Isaac Harris the other day walking into the AAC. That was awesome. Uh, That got things going right. And, you know, the other thing that was really super fun was I had a Locked On listener come by the set, the Mavs Live set at the AAC, and say, welcome to the Raccoon Squad. That's right, the squad. (laughs) That was so cool. Loved it, loved it. So that's all been good, and I'm really happy to be back. That's awesome. Dana getting in-person Raccoon Squad mentions (laughs) is, now we've made it official. That's awesome. Uh, I got to give you some stickers now. I got to give you okay. stickers to hand out to people. Oh my gosh, now. that'd be great. That'd be so. so funny. I can't wait to see these stickers you've been <laughs> talking about. <laughs> I have like a million of them in this office. But um, all right, today we're gonna get we're gonna get into some things that we think the Mavericks are have been worse than expected. Some things that we think that they can improve on going forward. But I want to start here where the Mavericks have been better than expected because Jason Kidd was very adamant the other day that he wants to see some positive Mm. He wants to see some of that. (laughs) He wants to see it. And so let's talk about some positive. Okay. First one I'll start with the offense when Luka Doncic sits. Now I've made a big deal about how the the Mavericks were losing the minutes when Luka Doncic was, you know, was playing and there's all this negative. Okay. The offense when Luka sits has been very good. 126 points per hundred possessions. And when Kyrie is on the court, so it's not just a non-Luka, non-Kyrie stint right there. It's 128 points per 100 possessions. They've been awesome when Luka has sat, at least on offense. And I think that that is a huge thing that I just never expected with with the Luka team because it felt like year after year after year, the offense would plummet when Luka sat. Yeah, there's a lot more balance to this team. Um, you can, and a lot of that does have to do with Kyrie though. Mm-hmm. You know, I think for sure having somebody like, you know, Jason Kidd always likes to call him as quarterbacks. When you've got two quarterbacks who are that elite, um, you can absolutely survive when one of them is one or the other is not on the court, but it does feel like there is, uh, there's a little more playmaking. There's more balance. There's just more guys that fit into the roles on this team. So there isn't that kind of like significant drop off when he's not out there. I think the ball moves a little bit more. It's a little bit, just a little bit quicker. Kyrie is off the ball to start possessions more often, which I know has infuriated some Kyrie stands. Like he is not getting his opportunity, which he has been lately, but the the ball moves a little bit more guys touch the ball a little bit more. Like you, you just see that flow a little bit more. That's why I think the, the offense has been better. And there's two areas where I think that they've been, 
different than when Luca's on the court. So when Luca is on the court and let's say Kyrie's off the court, they take about 24 shots, 24% of their shots at the rim. So like a, like a fourth of their shots come at the rim. When Kyrie is on the court and Luca is off, they shoot 29% of their shots at the rim. Both of those are very low numbers. They're like very low percentile for how many shots they take. But when Kyrie is on the court, like these bench units we've been talking about, they take more shots at the rim. They attack a little bit more. And uh, th- that's been one big difference I've seen. Well, and and that's another reason why, too, that's just the, the kind of thing that keeps it more balanced. That's going to lead to more open threes down the road. You've got defenses collapsing because they know, you know, someone like, you know, Kyrie or Josh Green or whoever it might be is going to be uh, attacking the rim a little bit more. So I think that in, in the pace, right? I mean, yeah. the pace, too, that they, they play with Absolutely. when when Luca isn't out there. Um, that's actually one of the things I was going to bring up too, was, you know, that's been better than expected is certainly the pace because this was a team two years ago, uh, Nick, that was last right in pace. <laughs> and last year was at the bottom, um, as well. And we heard how much they wanted to do that. And the question would be, would they be able to do it? And they've 100% uh, gone full force into that. They've all bought in. And I think to your point about some of those things, so just another reason there is there's better offense with different guys on the court. Absolutely. Before we move on to pace, which I had that, yeah. I had that as well. Did you? Um, okay. The, the Mavs take actually less threes when Luca's off the court too. They're creating a little less threes. They take, when Luca's on, they take 46% of their shots are from three. Luca's mm. just creating all these threes all over the place. When Kyrie is on the court, Luca's off. They're creating about just about 40%. So still, still a bunch, but not as many. And so I, I found that interesting. But you brought up the pace. This is definitely one of the things that I had. Mavericks have been better than expected. Seventh in the league in pace this year after being 29th last year. They, they are pushing the pace more. And the two areas they're pushing the pace more, which are like controllable, these are the, all right, it's now a strategy for us to push the pace more instead of us to just like, you know, mosey into every possession. They're pushing 71% of the time off of steals, so like the live steals, and they're pushing 30% off of live rebounds. Now, for steals, so again, it's 71% this year, 63% last year. So that's a big jump. That's a big jump where they went uh, off of a steal. They're pushing the ball more. They're trying to kick it ahead. And off of live rebounds, this year it's 31% that they're pushing off live rebounds. Last year it was 25.1%. So they're taking what Jason Kidd has said. Jason Kidd, just like he yelled at us, he probably yelled at the players, and he wants them to push the ball in transition more, and it's really happening. Well, and the things you just described to require defense. Yes, uh, you got to play defense to get those uh, kinds of act to get into those kinds of actions on the other end, right? Um, to to be active defensively, to get steals, to get rebounds, um, and you know we have seen that at times this year. And the good news is they've got the personnel. With like a Derek Jones Jr. Mm-hmm. who who can run and is fast. Obviously, we know Josh Green is fast. Kyrie likes to do that. Um, Luca is is ready to do that this year. He's totally conditioned to do that physically, and I think has bought in mentally. Um, and you know, and they are getting more possessions this way. And that has, to me, you know, pace is one of those things that you hear a lot of people talk about, and you say, but does that just does that immediately lead to wins? Like if you're the top pace team does that mean you're gonna you're gonna have more wins than everybody? Else? No, that's not that's not always the case at all. But what it does do for the Mavericks in this situation is supercharge what they do well, 
you know, yeah. which is their offense. And they can really continue to put pressure on other teams' defenses and, uh, you know, help compensate perhaps for, for their weaknesses on the other end. And so I think that, you know, for them, that's really been an important thing uh, to, to do, not only to do, to buy in, and then to see the results because that will keep them doing it consistently throughout the year. Yeah, it's a good point there. That it's not just to push the pace, push the pace, go fast, go fast, go fast. Like they're you have to push the pace and still have efficient offense as well. And they they just want to push it a little bit more. Like the goal is not to be the number one pace team in the NBA, right? Uh, three of the top five teams in pace this year: Wizards three and fifteen, Spurs three and fourteen, and then the Pistons are actually six. They're two and sixteen. So like, yeah, these are not good teams. No, the, the worst right. teams. And so it's it's not just to push the pace. Like that is not some kind of equal. Like oh, all of a sudden if they push the pace and play fast, they'll be great. Uh, a lot of teams just push the pace because they don't know what else to do. <laughs> they just like they right. just run and gun, and that's it. And 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 on the flip side, the year that the Mavs were last in pace, yeah. they were seventh in defensive rating, right. and they won fifty two games and went to the conference finals. So they were the slowest team, but had a really successful year. So it's about what you have, and it's about you know your personnel, and it's about how you can. Um, you know, really, I guess, lean in to what you do well. And like you said, if they do it uh, enough and they have the right guys around, uh, you know, and, and making up this roster now to, to get those extra possessions, which can make a difference this year. Absolutely. All right. I have one more thing. We're going to, we're going to give Jason Kidd one more positive thing uh, <laughs> coming up. I want to talk about one more thing that I've seen. that has been very, very good that I honestly did not expect which uh, matches what we're doing today. And then we'll talk about where they've been worse than expected, where the Mavericks need to get better. So we'll talk about all that and more coming up. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook has all kinds of props, spreads, over-unders, all kinds of stuff that you can check out. They have NBA Finals props right now. They have in-season tournament. I know the Mavericks aren't in this, but I'm really into the in-season tournament. I'm excited for some like, you know, one game and go home kind of deal games right now. Uh, the interest, the first interesting game I think of the, the like the first round is Suns Lakers. Lakers technically the home team, but they're all in Vegas, so they're neutral site. Lakers are two point favorite in this one. I wonder if Devin Booker's ankle injury from the other night has anything to do with this. And so I'm interested to see how that game plays out. But you can also put some money down on the money line if you don't. If you're like Isaac Harris and you just hate the Lakers with like a deep loathing passion, you can put some money on uh, plus 108 for the Suns to win that game. And if you put down $5 on that, the Suns win that game, you get $150 in bonus bets. That goes for any $5 money line bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash on as the NFL season rages on. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Hot man, the hot player. Hot player. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on Lockdown Maps, being part of the show, part of the Raccoon Squad. When you're part of the Raccoon Squad and you go up to Dana Larson, it makes me very happy. If you want to support the show, text me, get text alerts from me on all kinds of stuff, episodes, rumors, uh, news that happens with the Mavericks. Somebody uh, calls me the Mavs AI of, of text lines. If you want to get that, subscribe to this number. And I'm trying to get some, some new people in there. We hit kind of a plateau, and I want to hear what you guys want from this. So you can try it for two weeks free. And try it for two weeks. Tell me what you like about it. Tell me what you don't like about it. I'll change up some of the things that I do. Try to get some more people on there. The more we do this, the more stuff I can get you guys, more uh, bonus content and all that. So subscribe to the subtext line. Click the link in the description. All right, Dana. One more thing. Oh, I don't have mm-hmm. I took the drop. I took Isaac's drop out. Mm-hmm. The one more thing drop. But one more thing that's positive that is better than, than expected. The Mavericks right now, their defense is not good. 
25th in the league in defense. Their clutch defense is excellent. In the clutch this year, they're 8-1. and one. They're the best clutch record in the NBA. They have the fifth best clutch defense in the NBA right now, which is just like mind-boggling to me. It makes no sense. They go from like 100, allowing 118 points per 100 possessions throughout the rest of the game to allowing 96.7 points per 100 possessions in the clutch. Now, only been nine games. Clutch can be like one minute, and so it, it is a very small sample size probably. But there's a couple of reasons why I think their clutch defense has been much better. The Mavericks' offensive turnover rate, so when they're on offense, the percentage of time they turn the ball over is minuscule. 4% of the time. That's number one in the NBA by pretty good margin. They don't turn the ball over. And they have the ninth best defensive rebound rate. They're getting rebounds. They're getting Man. rebounds in the, in the clutch. 73% <laughs> of the time they're getting rebounds. So they're not turning it over. They're getting 73% of their defensive rebounds. So they're not giving up offensive rebounds. And I think those two things, like just being really good, hyper-efficient, good mm -hmm. offense has made their defense really good in the clutch because their half court, it's only a little bit better than what their half court defense has been. So there's not a lot of transition opportunities in, in the clutch and the Mavs gotten better, which kind of makes me a little excited for like some playoff basketball or some tough games because this bodes well for that. Those are big time stats. That's awesome. And you know, who's in the middle of all of that on both ends is Luca on both That's ends. Right. I mean, right. he's been right there uh, scrapping away on the defensive end. Uh, you know, he, and, and thank you, LeBron for that turnover at the end of the Laker yeah. game, you know, those <laughs> things help a lot. Right. And, um, but, but it, you got to give a lot of credit to the Mavs and, and the pressure they are putting on teams and the effort they are putting out there and Derek lively getting rebounds. I mean, you've got, you've got guys, um, that are, who are really stepping up, uh, in those big spots. And, uh, and so much of it is, you know, the great chemistry we're now seeing from Luca and Kyrie right. uh, late in those games. And, uh, you know, I think that has shut everybody up about <laughs> what happened last year, right? That's right. Say some positive, <laughs> Dana. Say it. <laughs> I'll give kids some credit where credit is due. I think he's playing the right players in the clutch too. We haven't seen some, some games where we're like, oh man, I wish he would play this guy instead. He's made some tough choices. He's started games with Derek Jones Jr. And then, or started games with Josh Green and then ended with Derek Jones Jr. Did the yeah. opposite. Ended a game with uh, Jaden Hardy against the Bulls. Ended a game with Rashawn Holmes against the Lakers. Like he's picked the right guy so far. Like kind of, you know, going with the hot hand, the guys mm -hmm. who are playing well. It was interesting in the Rockets game because um, I love Grant Williams. He didn't have yep. a great game and he didn't play much late. Derek Jones Jr. came off the bench, had an amazing game and was out there for all of those big minutes late. So you're right. I mean, it is it is smart moves and it is guys that have the feel for the game in the moment that are finishing. Absolutely. All right, let's move on yeah. to uh, Jason Kidd, cover your ears or turn the podcast off. Where have the Mavericks been worse than expected this year? And I want to start with this one. Luca and Kyrie together, not in the clutch, but in other, but otherwise, I think have not been as good as I would have, ex as I would have expected right now. They have a plus 2.2 net rating, meaning they're outscoring opponents by just two points per hundred possessions, which is not a lot. And so then I compared it to some other duos across the league. I'm going to try to, I'll try to tweet this out. I'll post it on YouTube, the, the community tab. If you want to go look at it uh, and it's on the screen on YouTube right now, uh, right now, compared to some other duos, just off, I'll just go off net rating right now. So Luca and Kyrie, a plus 2.2. That's one of the lowest of all the, like the all-star duos I put together. Kawhi and Paul George plus 12 Booker and KD plus 10 
Jokic and Murray plus nine, LeBron and AD plus almost nine, Embiid and Maxi plus eight, Tatum and Brown plus seven and a half, Butler and Bam plus five and a half, Giannis and Dame, that's one I think you can compare them to because almost played about the same amount of time together, Giannis and Dame plus three and a half, and then Fox and Sabonis are minus 0.2, basically zero, and so that that is a weird one, um, but I've been surprised that they're not at the level of some of these other duos. Now, a lot of those other duos have been together together for a while. That's why I think you can compare it with Giannis and Dane, but they just haven't been dominating when they're on the court together as much as you would expect two like all-star, all-NBA players when they're on the court together. Well, I think too, it's, it's still, you could speak to the rotation patterns for some of that. I mean, Kyrie comes off the court so quick in the first quarter. Yeah, it's like five minutes. It's, you know, and, and so they don't play a ton together. It feels like in the first and third quarters of games, um, don't have a ton of explanations for that other than, um, you know, something along those lines. And again, you know, I'm going to stay away from this to keep Jason Kidd happy. So I may just let you have this one, but they, they, they are, they've looked really good when it matters most right at the end of games. Um, and like that Fox and Sabonis one, I mean, you know, Fox was hurt a lot. Yeah. So some of those numbers it's early, you have, you got the Clippers duos up high on there. I, I'm not going to take them, you know, right now. Also, I don't care about that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so no, sometimes, it- you know, those numbers, you have to think through scenarios and, and some of it makes a lot of sense. Some of it doesn't, you got to use kind of eye test yeah. um, at times with um, those kind of things. Yeah. I think there's two things with this. So yeah, this number does stand out to me. It's I'm not like, like, Oh my gosh, panic They They can't play together. They're obviously winning in the clutch. So they're winning when it matters right. and they're on the court together during that. So this is not even a panic meter. It's just a, yeah. okay, I'm watching this number. I'm curious what it means going forward. Their offense is not as elite as some of these other ones. If you look at who are the, the best duos, I just put put together some all-star duos. Booker and KD's offensive rating is like almost 130, which is just insane. Jokic and Murray is like 125. Embiid and Maxi 124. And then Luka and Kyrie, they're fourth uh, at 119 points per 100 possession scored. So like their offense just isn't as elite, and their defense is second worst among all of those. So it still is a defense thing. Kind of is still the guys around Luka and Kyrie, right? The ones that we talked about last year, they needed to improve that group. So their defense just isn't as good. The offense for the the starting lineup, they still haven't really figured that out yet. They still don't score a ton and still haven't gotten as elite with that that starting lineup. And so you're talking about the first quarter and then the beginning of the third quarter, like they str- struggle to score in those moments so far. And I think, you know, Jason Kidd uh, made a change uh, in the right. Rockets game to the starting lineup, and he started Josh Green. I'll be really interested to see if yeah. that was just a one-time thing, as well as Derek Jones Jr. ended up playing and had a you know a really awesome game, scored well, um, was you know kind of involved in a lot of things. So he's tweaking it. They're looking at it. You, no doubt, they sense the same sure. things. And are, you know, at this point, they're still in the lab. You know, as you said, we're 20% in. We're still in the lab That's working right. through some stuff. Yeah. yeah. So the, yeah. the duo is not as good as I expect so far, but they're winning in the clutch. So, hey, that's just something yeah. that we'll continue to, to monitor going forward and see how they get better at that. What's something where the Mavericks have been a little worse than expected for you? Okay, so I kind of took this a, a little bit of a different angle. Um, and I've been thinking back to two of their worst losses Mm. and they were the second game in new Orleans and the second game in LA. So to me, it's handling these portions of the schedule. Um, and there's going to be plenty of these. So this wasn't a true traditional sort of baseball series because in LA you played the Lakers and the Clippers, not 
one team twice, (laughs) right? But the idea is the same. You are in one city for a long period of time, and they clearly didn't handle that well. In fact, Jason Kidd said, we've been in New Orleans too long, and there was certainly some thinking they were in L.A. too long over that Thanksgiving week. Um, Those were two games, like the New Orleans loss, they had 20 turnovers. Um, You know, it was just not a pretty game. Didn't even really show, honestly, against Mm. the Clippers. So to me, it's how... That was disappointing in that I think that those are things that you can expect the Mavericks to be, you know, prepared to play well. They had plenty of time. They they weren't back-to-backs um, in terms of days. And there's plenty of those coming up. So to me, it's it's you got to be really smart about this and learn from those because you've got a, a Portland back-to-back. That's going to be at home, though, in January. You've got the Pels again where you're going to play them two in a row. Mm. Uh, that's also in home uh, at home there. There's one against Sacramento that's Ooh, in that Sacramento in March. Right. And okay. Northern California, maybe not as many distractions as Southern California. <laughs> I don't know if you just visit the capital city too much or something, but you know, the, the, the Kings, we can already tell they're going to be, they're going to be making waves all yeah. season long. And that's a game. Those are a couple games in March that you, you just need to be prepared to handle those. You don't want to just go in going, these are splits, right? You don't want to just assume we're going to win one, lose one. You got to, you got to really take those on and hopefully they're figuring out how to handle those portions of the schedule. Yeah, absolutely. What they, you just have to be like, come in and be prepared. Almost it's these games were like, we get so frustrated after these losses because they just don't look the same. They just don't look like the same right. team. And you're like, why aren't you just doing the things you didn't, you didn't the you game. Did. The yeah. game before. So coming up, I have, I have something on this too, where I think the bottom of the Mavs defense kind of falls out in some games. And these are the games I think that you're alluding to. And so we'll get into that. Talk about a couple more things with the Mavericks have been worse than expected. We'll do all that coming up. Today's episode brought to you by game time. Game time has all kinds of tickets on Tuesday. The U S women's national team is playing China in Toyota stadium in Frisco. I'm interested in that game. I'm curious about uh, that game, I kind of want to go to it. I'm going. I'm on game time right now. There are tickets for $45 each. You can see the view from your seat right here uh, in the end zone. You can see uh, from Toyota Stadium. You can see all the – you can, like, look around and see what's around you and all that, see if your view is obstructed. You can do all kinds of stuff like that on game time. Go to gametime.co or download the app, create an account, redeem the code LOCKEDONNBA. You get $20 off. So if I do this and I download this, I can get, I can get those tickets for a lot cheaper than I, I wanted on there. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. So maybe you decide like, all right, man, I think I want to go. The game has already started. Even an hour after the event starts, you can still find last minute seats on there. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app today. Create an account. Last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Uh-oh, guess what day it is. All right, Dana, let's talk a couple more things about how the Mavericks have been a little worse than expected. We did the positives all, all throughout the beginning, and you talked about being being prepared for some of these two games in a row against the same team or the, the back-to-backs, that kind of stuff. There are some games that I've noticed where the Mavericks' defense just falls out. So I looked at some stats, as I do. The Mavericks, uh, when they have 120 defensive rating or worse, so just Terrible, like awful, allowing so many points, like just get their defense just gets destroyed. You've watched the game. You know what it looks like when you're like, man, this team just can't defend it all. The Mavs have had six games like that. They're one in five in those games. The only win was when they they beat the Clippers like 144 to 124. That game was just 
already decided basically at this point. So uh, that one, I don't even count. So they're basically zero and five in games where they, their defense just falls out. If you compare that to some of the other teams, like some of the other teams above 500 right now, the Bucks have had seven games like that. So they've had one more than the Mavs, but they're four and three in those games where the Mavs are 0 and five or one and five. The Suns are, have had six games, same number as the Mavs. They are three and three in those games. The Sixers have had five games, but they're two and three in those games. So it just seems like to me, we're talking about kind of the same thing where when the defense falls out for the Mavs, they just lose those games. It's just done. Like they just don't overcome some of those games. And it's still early. We're talking about a six game sample size, mm-hmm. but they're like not, they're, they're not really good teams where the defense falls out this much and they just can't find ways to win. Well, and what you see, and, and yeah, I've talked about this um, to some of the analysts that we've had, you know, defense is effort, yeah, effort, 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 right? It's, there's a lot of scheme to it. Um, and if you get, um, you know, what we've also seen too happen is there are some miscommunications. And so the, the scheme can fall out um, uh, too. But I think that the biggest thing that the Mavericks have fought is, you know, the, the energy and effort for 48 minutes. And if you, you get behind and you see the body language and you get frustrated and in those games where guys are, where other teams, for example, comes to mind, like Toronto, Pascal Mm -hmm. Siakam, just literally, you know, endlessly going down main street. It is so (laughs) discouraging. And when you're discouraged, it's really hard to keep your energy and effort up. Mm -hmm. And so to me, I, I don't know if that is, you know, something that's a maturity thing, if it's a coaching thing, it's a, if it's a scheme thing, if it's adjusting. But in those games where you start to get, you know, discouraged because your defense is getting killed, how do you keep fighting in those instances? I think that's the big question. Well, it's the question we've been asking for like three or four years now is when the right. threes don't fall too, do they just hang right. their head and go? Like, it just seems like these things are connected when their defense now gets killed, when the threes don't go down, it's like, oh, everything falls apart. Right. At that point. And so, you know, I think it is a maturity thing. I think you're right on that to say uh, that's when it, when it just falls out. And I'm like, this team is going to have defensive problems all year, but how do they, how do they respond to it? And how can they keep the effort up in some of these games? What, why do you think the clutch defense has been so good? And like the, like some of these, t- like when they're able to stay in games, basically, and they're like, Oh, it's, it's there. It's within sight. We can, we can defend still. And they put the effort in like those, se- those seem very connected to me. True. And I think it has to do with, you know, what we're talking about, which is if you're close in games, um, you, you got a chance, right? But in those games, they fall way behind and they realize no matter how much we score, we cannot get back in this because we cannot get a stop. Um, I just think it's so deflating. But if they can start to get things like, like as Derek Lively comes along. Yeah. And if he, if he makes, if he gets a big rebound or a big block, it's those things that can really spark you. Um, And they've got to be able to stop runs before they get, you know, too far gone in holes that you just simply cannot dig out of. And if you're not having like a great three point shooting night, you're not going to dig out of a 20 point hole. Um, To me, it's like, if those things can come along and and I, I keep looking to Derek Lively because He's the guy with size, right? He's the guy with the ability to make those kind of game-changing plays on the defensive end. And his impact has been insane yeah. so far. Uh, I talked about that yesterday on the show. Do you have one more thing that's been worse than expected? That's been worse than expected. Okay, yes. And I, I to me, this was the in-season tournament. The results wow. is what I'm actually meaning. Because I've loved the, the concept 
Um, the results for the Mavericks disappointed me, for sure. um, certainly, because, you know, you thought this was the group of death, right? This is going to be really hard to come out of anyway. And you saw you're in there with Denver and the Clippers. Well, then the Clippers ended up not being any good here early <laughs> in the year because they're working on their issues. Denver has some injuries that happened and they kind of fall out of it and they lose the wrong games. So to me, it was there for the Mavericks taking and whether or not it was the courts, which we could say hey, are, are another wanna, thing that have been worse than expected, wanna, <laughs> right? Worse than expected are the courts. We never even got to see the Mavs nope. court. So that fell apart. And it felt like every time the Mavs played on one of these in-season courts, tournament courts, you know, they just didn't have good games and there were issues there. So to me, I had great expectations for the in-season tournament for the Mavs. And unfortunately, the results and the courts, the, the thing that was great were their jerseys. I love yes, the jerseys right. they wore. <laughs> the jerseys are great. The jerseys are also the city edition jerseys, which we'll, edition. we'll see again yeah. on uh, on Friday. They're doing a uh, they're doing a Leon Bridges concert after the game, which I'm kind of excited. Very cool. I'm kind of excited for because it's all cool. kind of in partnership with him. But yeah, the, the NCAA tournament yeah. results, they won two games. They won the, the big win against the Clippers, the win against the Rockets the other night. Yep. And then their losses were that awful loss to Denver and the crazy loss to the Pelicans the day after yes. they destroyed them. Like the first one. Yes. It's just If you just flip those two Pelicans games, the Mavs are in this tournament basically. Are in it. Are in it. It'd be so fun. It would be so fun if they were in it and we got to kind of continue to, to live out this first edition of this with them. I think I would be in Vegas if that happened. Whoa. I think I, I think you. I would have done it. I think Maybe this was good for you. You're saving. <laughs> You're probably saving a little yeah, something. Right. I'm going to stay here instead. <laughs> in Dallas. But yeah, uh, do you think we'll ever see that in-season tournament court? You think they won't use the same one next year, right? There's no way. There's no It'll way. It'll just be gone. It, it, it's gone. It's gone. It's one of those things that we'll, we'll never wow. know. We'll never know what happened there. Wow. Yeah. We retire it with all the Mavs legends that never stepped on the court for the Mavericks. Like, you know, the, that's right. The, the Tony Romo Mavs jersey. The you know, yeah. <laughs> retire. There's with supposed to be the city edition court though that we've seen pictures of. That one looks and, cool, and and it looks great. So, so you know, we're all hopeful that that one works out. We get to see it. No, no malfunctions. No, you know, defects with that. <laughs> court malfunction. That's so weird. To me. But, uh, I, I had one more thing. I'll do the the Isaac one more thing. Uh, the Mavs are allowing 73.6% of teams shots at the rim. That's last in the NBA. Even with, and let's listen, even with Derek lively on the court, yeah, 75.6% of team shots are at the rim with Derek lively on the court. That's one area where I think the defense just, just needs to get better. And uh, a stat that I just, I, I keep going back to because I'm like, that can't be true. They can't like, they allow more shots at the rim with Derek lively on the court. And they, they still do. It's just something that uh, they've got to be better at going forward. Well, and teams are probably going to attack him. He's young. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, yes, he, he brings size and, and all the things that we're excited about. But at the same time, if you're an opponent, you're, you're like, he's a rookie. He's 19. Um, we're going to go after him until we are, you know, have a reason not to. Um, and so that to me, it's like, we just got a bubble wrap, Derek Lively. His mom needs to keep feeding him vitamins, chicken soup. He cannot get <laughs> ill. He cannot get sick. He just, he needs reps, minutes, yeah. games. And even if like, you know, we did see them kind of going after him in that Rockets game uh, late, it doesn't matter. This is all huge lessons learned for him. And, you know, for, for some things that don't go well, there's 20 things that he's going to take away from it. And you'd rather him be out there um, and, you know, be able to get this experience right now. 
Every time I see his mom, I think about him, like the notes she's going to give him after the, we should do, we should I do know. that as a segment. Like what notes did Derek love his mom give, give him after this game? That's probably a great idea. And I, I do love them. And I love that she's there. You know, he's only 19. You got to have your mom. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'll, I'm, I'm going to call my mom today and be like, Hey, I, good. not having a good, good day. Mom, give me a pep talk. <laughs> uh, yeah, there you go. There's some things Mavericks have been worse and better than expected. Hopefully Jason Kidd only watched the first half of this one. We'll be That's back right. with the, yeah, we'll be back with the post game tomorrow after the Grizzlies game. I think me and slightly will be on that one thunder on Saturday as well. Back on Sunday night with me and Reggie, all kinds of great stuff. And uh, watch Dana Larson on Valley Sports Southwest. Hey, happy birthday, Grant Williams, by the way. That's right. It's his birthday today. It's his birthday today. He's going to get going. He's going to get going now. He's had like half the season so far. He shot 60% from three and this yes. one half, like 30%. So I, he's going through some weird slump. So hopefully this- he's going through a little thing right now. Maybe, maybe he can get a few more touches early, find mm. some rhythm, little birthday present from Luca. Maybe he'll get some shots out there early <laughs> and find some rhythm. We'll get him going. There you go. Guys. Thanks for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom.